Yeah, yeah, so no, that's what I'm saying, is I don't think that there's anything wrong with people not liking me. Not that I go around trying to create opportunities for people to not like me, but when a person doesn't like me, a, a, a majority of the time, I'm able to not take that personally, right. because most people that don't like you choose to not interact with you. Yeah. And, and so... like, as, as you get older... Right. And someone doesn't like you, you're like, I totally get that. Right. It's fine. It's totally cool. <laughs> like, you're not... Sometimes I don't like me either. Right. You're not <laughs> obligated to like me. Yeah. Uh, it's not going to stop me from saying what I think. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And, yeah. And, 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 and me not liking you doesn't necessarily have to mean anything more than that. It doesn't have to be positive or negative. Right. It can just be the way things are. Although sometimes I have walked into a room and gone, hey guys, I know you think I'm not cool, but I'm even more cool because Josh Tiefer doesn't like me. (laughs) (laughs) That is kind of a badge of honor. (laughs) I just, I always, I've always opened up interactions with people that don't know me very well with apologizing preemptively. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I've been around for that. <laughs> right. And so and so it's just bled over yeah. into my regular life. And it's a good way to do it though. Go look. Up front. <laughs> let's just clear the air right now. I'm probably gonna say something that's offensive. If you can't handle that. I don't know what to say. <laughs> I'm not gonna say something that's like that I, I'm not going to knowingly say something that is hugely, like, like, like bigoted or, like, right. really, like, culturally <laughs> or racially insensitive. That's not what I'm going to do. But, like, sometimes I forget that I'm a giant white dude. Because <laughs> I've just never lived any other experience. Yeah. And it's hard to take it. You're not a tiny, like, Mexican lady. Right. So I just, know. I've never had any, uh, any other way. And, like, Spokane is... One of the wider places, too. Like, it's not super urban. Right. You know what I mean? The urban core is, like, as big as one borough of Seattle. Probably. Well, yeah. Just, like... Maybe less, but, yeah. It depends on what you qualify that as. Right. But, like, yeah, like, our our little neighborhoods, compared to the size of, like, even in Seattle, which isn't, like, a huge metropolitan area. Like, like Ballard is... Right. Basically all of downtown. <laughs> yeah. I feel like Spokane is like the map is like Grand Theft Auto sized. <laughs> like there's tons of distinct little boroughs, but they're all only like twelve square blocks. Yeah, they're like a square so, mile at best. Yeah, like how Probably big is Browns? Like what? Well, Browns is I think smaller. Browns is decent, but like Cannon Edition. Perry. Not that. Yeah. Like what the three f- blocks of right. the strip. <laughs> and yeah, sure it goes out a little bit each way, but then it bleeds into like Lincoln Heights and like right. other weird parts of it. Yeah. Uh, wow, we really got off track with that. <laughs> God, okay. that was awesome. <laughs> Good job. Yeah. Hey, what's up, dudes? Uh, you guys, Papo's here. We're, we're yeah, here. He hit us on the glass table earlier. Yeah, he so. failed to see that there was glass. <laughs> was he standing up or was he trying to do something? He was trying to jump on my lap and then I think he hit his chin on the glass. Oh, poor so little poor dude. Old dude. He just wants to be on my lap, which doesn't really work for this. Right. He's and migrating to the living room, though. Don't they all just want to be on your lap? <laughs> they do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
So, uh, welcome to Weed and Whiskey. Uh, I'm Casey. I'm Strain. And I'm, I'm Josh T. Ford. Mm-hmm. And we are coming hot at you. It's the new year. It's Yeah, and it's right on the heels of her coming up to us having to renew our domain. <laughs> which we're going to do, so there's Don't that. Worry. Yeah. Don't worry, we're not going to disappear. Right. <laughs> we, uh... I don't know what our initial commitment was in For terms of number of episodes, what we thought oh, we yeah. would do. I thought like a year, right? I think we exceeded, if it was a number, I think we exceeded it last year. Yeah. And then like, you know, like the number, not that important. The consistency was pretty good. Yeah. I think we had like 48 or 49 weeks. Yeah. I feel like we did better in the summertime than I thought we would do. Uh, I thought it was really going to go to shit in the summertime, yeah. dude. I, we, somehow we held it together I a little bit. recently changed my Tinder profile to include this. Mm. So today a girl messaged me that she had just subscribed to our podcast and that we had better quote-unquote be funny. <laughs> oh, shit. I know, right? <laughs> I was like, oh, you don't get how things work around here, do you, girlfriend? <laughs> That's not how we fucking do it up in here. I'm not trying to be funny. Yeah, who's trying to do anything? <clears throat> the only thing I'm trying to do is look good. Yeah, we're barely trying to do a podcast. <laughs> That's not... Actually, we're working... Yeah, I found... Some level. Thanks to Facebook Memories the other day, the link to our very first episode of podcasting ever that was on megaupload.com. Oh, you mean like not weed and whiskey, but the one? No, no, Casey Josh. and Josh. Casey and Josh discuss stuff, which I think you can still find five episodes of. Yeah, if you work hard enough, you'll be totally disappointed. You're gonna be really bummed out <laughs> if you think this is sloppy. Let me mm. fucking prepare you. That was us, like genuinely thinking to ourselves. You know what's gonna be funny. We'll get drunk and high, and then we'll record and then a podcast. We'll talk, about, <laughs> talk about whatever we want. Yeah. As opposed to like having a couple drinks and smoking maybe a bowl during a podcast. Yeah. Which is way way better, way more achievable. Oh yeah. You can keep things like way more under wraps. There were a lot more times when we were trying to do Casey and Josh discuss stuff, where the podcast, the recording, wouldn't even happen. Oh, no, uh-uh. <laughs> We'd get back to one of our places and get sidetracked. Probably watch Big Lebowski's. Oh, yeah, that sounds about right. But I can remember once having us that we had to pause because we had tater tots and chicken nuggets <laughs> that were coming hot out of the oven. And there was no Can't way... There's no <laughs> way we weren't just going to mow down, like, whatever conversation we were having, not important. Totally not important. Not more important than tots and... Uh, chicken strips <clears throat> so uh we haven't addressed it but in 2015 we said that was the year of professionalism <laughs> how do you feel oh yeah like we did uh i think by the end of the year yeah we got a lot better okay i'm saying like september mm-hmm. through december mm-hmm. we got closer to that goal yeah I would say uh, we're carrying a lot of momentum from the last quarter. I think uh, 
a lot of last year was learning how to be professional and not necessarily implementing that. Right, because like, it's the growth but face. We were learning the moves. Did you hear me just announce the P on face? <laughs> <laughs> the growth but face. Okay, yeah, we were learning the moves. So there's two P's in face now? <laughs> yeah, don't worry about it. And an apostrophe. <laughs> it's a hyphen. <laughs> but face. You guys, don't worry. The streaking and smoking, it's just a buffet. <laughs> mom, Dad, I know you're worried. It's just a buffet. My mom's not worried. She's still listening to the podcast, and she thinks that our recent work is some of our best work. Yeah. So she would agree that we got more professional as we went. Right. Um, and I think just working with venues in town. Mm-hmm. We produced and... our first comedy show at the Bartlett. Yeah. And then we both attempted to record specials. <laughs> didn't well, you did. Nope. Well, I did on my phone, but it's a terrible recording. Yeah, okay. It's not. I mean, it's whatever. It sounds yeah. really good <laughs> if you're me and you were there. Yeah. But you know, I didn't. I didn't. I wasn't able to go through the links that I wanted to go through mm-hmm. to actually make a more solid recording. But I feel like. We're going to have that opportunity. I feel like it will take just one going in on a Thursday at like six and sitting down with Don and showing him how if we just take a mixer and a computer that it plugs into or whatever and we just all you got to do is put the mic stand, that mic into the computer Uh and then... Use, like, something else to record the audience if you want to, but you don't necessarily have to, but at least then you can start giving people clean sets. Yeah. You know, like, clean, professional-sounding, recorded sets. Especially the audio. The audio is the hardest. Right. And it would be this other thing that he'd be doing that I think he'd be down for, because ultimately what he wants to do is cultivate talent. Yeah. And then... And if we can be the guys... Right. Helping him... I'd be like, look, if we can do one and make it good, mm-hmm. and like, if we have to draw marker lines on the PA system of like where shit needs to go, it's no problem. It's just a plug and play. It's yeah. It would be. It would be honestly. I don't want to. I don't want him to have to change anything. Right. I want to interrupt the feed from the microphone to his PA. Yeah. So that he doesn't have to do anything. Yeah. It just goes straight through everything into his PA. It's no problem. Yeah. Because we've got that mixer, that you know, the little USB six-channel mixer. I feel like it'd be a it'd be that easy should be peasy. plenty, right? Yeah, easy peasy. You know, yeah. you could put one is the mic in, and then mic out into his PA, and then the second line is like a little shotgun mic or something to do audience noise. Yeah, and boom, you're set. Done. And then all of a sudden, Don is now churning out decent quality audio. Up-and-coming performers yeah, that he can put on the radio or do whatever with man like yeah. help people grow like using his contacts People like hey man, I don't know if I want and this guy here. He could be like well, he has a lot more than contacts than people think too. Oh, dude. Yeah You can't do a whole life of performance and not just be thick with contacts, right? You know don't don't get it twisted just because Don isn't you know at the peak of his career yeah, at this exact moment. He's not on TV right now. Or, you know, right. Whatever. Just, you know, 
the dude had a lot of pop at one moment in time. Yeah. And you got to remember that. Because as long as people aren't He's dicks, the hitman. Yeah. <laughs> He's the hitman, brother. Hitman of comedy. Hitman Bret Hart. I mean, Don Parkins. <laughs> God, I could, you know, he seems like the kind of dude that might have done some professional wrestling. I hope. I right? Know he was a, I know he was a bouncer. Really? In Vegas and a bodyguard. Hey, oh. A bodyguard? Yeah. Huh? Uh, at least that's what his profile says on uh, Uncle D's comedy. Okay, <laughs> well, you know, I trust that. Yeah. I trust that intently. <laughs> well, Casey, uh, what the other of? thing? The other thing about... Oh, last year versus yeah. this year is we already have last year at this time we were sitting there going we should just do stuff right we'll just make things yeah. happen yeah but right now we got shows and dates oh yeah we got a whole bunch of upcoming shows names. to talk about and and things that are going to happen in the summertime yeah you know like fun stuff and it it turns out that there may not be so many free passes into conscious culture festival but you know like i think if i think if we get as many as we can and then split it amongst right i just feel like as long as we get we pay for derek to come in oh yeah you know what i mean because if derek sheen says he wants to come have a mind vacation as he put it with (laughs) you and some of your friends at a weird hippie music festival then you kind of just make that happen yeah because that sounds like a really great weekend. Yeah. Can you imagine the campfire stories that are going to come out of oh, him? Oh, man, yeah. That'd be like... <laughs> if we could get Emmett on board with this, dude, we would change the whole game. The whole... The whole game, dude. Conscious Culture Festival might center around our campsite if we get those two dudes. Right? Like, hey, everybody, <laughs> did you take your... Mandatory strip of blue acid. And drink the water. Drink the cool And then go see... Derek Sheen oh, and Emma dude. Montgomery. Just <laughs> listening to the things that would come out of their brains. Yeah. That'd be so fucking listening good. Listening to those guys talk when they're sober. Right. Oh, it's amazing. Imagine <clears throat> what would happen. It could be really bad. Like they could, It could not work at all. That's the thing you have to prepare yourself for. Yeah. <clears throat> I don't see that being the case. Yeah. But it could happen. But yeah, so we got that, and then there's a bunch of shows coming up. And Derek Sheen's trying to come back to Spokane, you guys. Yeah. It's going gonna to happen in April. April. We're still trying to nail down a date. Yeah, I need a date. But. Can you give me a date? Early April. You're going to. I need a date. I'm working on the show. Yeah. But I mean, I need a date. Oh, you need like a girl. Yeah. (laughs) Totally. (laughs) Can you help me with that? Can I? Yeah. Not much of a matchmaker. Really? Actually, that bums me out. I could probably be good at it. Because, uh, yeah, because you know a ton of people, right? You probably know the most volume people that I of anyone I know. Uh, maybe Patty's got... Well, maybe. okay, yeah, that's not... That's that's very fair. But you're real outgoing. And she's just such a... I feel like I'm not... I, th- I feel like I'm not that outgoing. <laughs> I feel like I'm just around. I feel like I'm more in the way than outgoing. Yeah, but those things are, like, hard to define, like, which one is which, you know? like a blur there. Yeah, like, so people don't fucking understand when they're drunk that you're just there and in the way. They're just like, oh, look at this guy. I'm really good at being in the way and, like, telling a joke, like, oh, sorry, I'm in the way. Kind of stuff. 
sorry I'm in the way, but I just I'm not getting out of the way. No, I fully understand. <laughs> I have to make a lot of those jokes at the baby bar when, when I'm trying to like walk from the bar out the door into Nito Burrito, and yeah. it's packed. And I'm just like, guys, look, here's what's happening. <laughs> I'm much bigger than everyone around me. Yeah. The pathway is 18 inches wide, and I am two feet wide, so let's so, figure it out. So here's what's going to happen. I'm going to rub up against you. But, bonus, I'm squishy. Right? So it's not like this like fucking chunk of granite is coming through. Yeah, it's not a rock. Right. It's like something like like the blob. You're not, not the blob. No, not from X-Men. Oh. Like the creepy movie thing. You're like just, the lovable blob. Sure, the lovable. It's like fluffer. <laughs> that doesn't make it sound any better at all. I like the blob. You're like a cush ball. <clears throat> oh, God, that's... <laughs> Is that worse? I have cush balls. <laughs> that sounds like the kind of disease you get from smoking uh, e-cigarettes. Cush <gasps> balls. You're like coughing on it. I got the cush. I got cush balls. In my throat. I mean, now that I say it out loud, it, uh, clearly it sounds more like a weed reference, but yeah. But cush balls would be, if you said it in a weed sense, cush balls would be like, maybe your balls got extra tingly, <laughs> <clears throat> like you've been smoking that cush it, real tough all you day. Felt it, you felt it more in the balls <clears throat> than you did anywhere else. Yeah, and you're like, you've been, you know, it's like your third blunt of the day, you're sitting at your desk, watching YouTube. And like out of nowhere, your balls just start tingling. There's <laughs> like there's a hole in the crotch of your pants, <laughs> and the vent starts blowing her. Like, oh, which reminds me of like, uh, boy, there's no way to say this without outing myself and it being really embarrassing. But I'm still gonna try to make it delicate. Okay. I don't think Nintendo fully planned out the Rumble Pack. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh yeah. Like. How many prepubescent boners were triggered by kids who were just playing video games with the controller in their yeah. lap, and they start doing really well, so it starts, like, rumbling? I think maybe they thought it out really... Maybe really, really like well. Too, like, too good. So you start getting these weird <laughs> associations between, like, doing good at James Bond multiplayer and having an and erection. Like, yeah. <laughs> which is, like, that's not the way anybody's brain should work. But it does explain, like, that whole trend in asexuality. It's like, I'd rather play video games than fuck. Yeah, because, like, if the Rumble Pack was basically, like, giving you ghosties, <laughs> all, like, in your 12s and 13s. Especially if you're young enough where you don't know what's happening. Mm-hmm. Dude, that's exactly what like, I mean. What is that? Must be the game. <laughs> right, it's like two years into that being a phenomenon in my life, and I was like... Wait, oh, it's on my balls. Oh. You have to have already discovered masturbation. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you have to, which is a whole weird thing that I'm not going to get into. This is not the podcast for that. No. There are totally podcasts for that, and this is not the one. I'm sure, I'm sure our listener is disappointed. It's probably that girl. This isn't weed and wax. (laughs) Wax and weed. Speaking of whiskey, though. Got a new product. We got a a new product, everybody. Here here we go. Here here, here we go, Nia. I don't know if it's new. It was new to me when I saw it. Yeah, new to us. So I got it. Screw all these other assholes. 
uh, Jim Beam Black, which is their, uh, the way they described it was Jim Beam aged in new charred uh, barrels. Okay. And I didn't, I never figured out how, many, how long it's aged. I'm guessing a few years. It but, says uh, it's <clears throat> extra aged. Yeah. But I don't think they specify numbered. No. I think they're going for, uh, like, a, a color. Yeah. Uh, we took a shot of it earlier. Oh, we did. With my roommate. Uh, no wonder. It was, um... I thought it was smooth shooting. The shoot was smoother than most. Yeah. It's, it's, more, it's way more smooth than just Jim Beam. Oh, I dude. That. Yeah. Head, heads, heads and tails above it. Yeah. I would say... Uh, I'm trying to place... I've been trying to place the flavor since we started drinking it. Oh, let's, I have no. Let's take a little sip. Have a sip, guys. Here we go. And make sure to aspirate it. Mm-hmm. The other thing is to swirl mm-hmm. it from the back of the tongue to the front, if you can. Make sure to get a lot of air over the palate. <laughs> and then spit out the taste. Mm-mm. No, Mm-mm. do not do that. Guys, <laughs> that's how you ruin a perfectly good wine or a whiskey tasting investment. Yeah. Spitting into the bucket. The only one who should be spitting it out is the guy who supposedly already knows what it tastes like. Right. Yeah, the sommelier or whatever. Yeah. Or whatever it would be for whiskey. The whiskey. The whiskey. Yeah, I don't know. Uh... I like it. I think it's a good purchase. Is yeah. it? Uh, I think it's uh, noticeably more in price. It's uh, about about ten dollars more a bottle. Whoa! Than Jim Beam. That's not okay. It's I not think that I don't think the quality increase is high enough for that. I think that's a slight overreach. Well, but they had to. They had to place the. They had to make the price point higher than, like, Jim Beam Apple. Well, Apple should be less than regular. (laughs) Apple is less than regular because that's the shittiest... Jim Beam honey, the honey... All that flavored stuff should be less than your regular product because what you're clearly doing is taking the worst of your product and adding crappy, sugary flavorings to it. Right. So, let's be honest. I don't have a problem buying a fifth of Jim Beam Apple. Yeah. Jim Beam Apple, rather... But I'm not trying to pay any more than, like, $14 for it because right. it's garbage whiskey. It's like when you're buying chocolate milk from Dairy Gold, you're not buying the A-run milk that then just got chocolate <laughs> added to it, okay? Like, you're buying the milk yeah. that's just good enough that the government will let them serve it to humans. <laughs> like, that's the quality of milk you're getting. And then they're adding a bunch of chocolate syrup to it. I don't know. I don't think it's all pus and blood like people would have you believe. Right. <clears throat> but it's clearly not the best run of the milk. That wouldn't even make sense if it was even like They're using between that for two cheese. Yeah, between yeah. like even if it was between two decent levels of quality of milk, they would use the sh- the shittier one mm-hmm. for chocolate milk. That's just a, that's that's business one on one. Right. Come on, America. <laughs> yeah. Um on the on the weed end of things we're smoking a, a, a really delicious blended bowl. 
Okay. As a, a foundation of a purple OG Kush. Okay. And then in the center of the sandwich, in the Oreo cream layer. Oh, you got three layers going. Yeah, that area is some uh, finger hash of the 12th man. Nice. Right? And then on top of that is, of course, strawberry kush. Oh. So it's... it's So you kind of get a shortcake thing there. Yeah, it's like a super indica dominant bowl. All right. It's, It's definitely not a beginner's bowl. But this is a point where I would like to address something about uh, a trend that I've noticed that I think is is really a misrepresentation of the of what's going on in the scene. And oh, that is this. You're talking about on the weed level? Yeah. It's troublesome to you. It is. It's troublesome to me okay. because people are missing out on, on half of the experience. Mm. You know what I mean? Okay, so... You got Indica... And you got sativa. You got sativa. sativa and right is now, the more energetic, yeah. more mentally stimulating it's like, one. Uh, helps people, a lot of people focus. Right. Indica is more like... Okay, so, the, so, there's, so there's that description of it, which... Yeah. The thing that no one's talking about is the function of tolerance. Right. Right? And, and what I mean by that is this. So currently, uh, there's... Two camps of people that I want to address, and one are the people that say that there's no real dis- delineation or distinction between the two kinds of weed, because they'll. Smoke. I want to. I want to point out right now that Josh brought notes to talk uh, about this. I wish I did. <laughs> so, like, some people say, it's like, well, there's points. no, there's no real difference between an indica and a sativa, because I'll smoke either one. I still get like super high. And these are people that have probably smoked for a decade. <clears throat> no. Oh. That's the thing. And it, these are also the same kind of people who are who are super drawn to sativas because they have the more stimulating effect, which is super uh, psychosomatic, right. you know, in a way. Because what I'm trying to say is that, like, once you are a daily user of marijuana and you have a firm tolerance established, then those kinds of broader... Oh, so like, you're saying an early smoker... You're gonna notice. get you're gonna get wrecked. You're gonna get like you're, you're gonna, gonna be baked no matter right. what. I mean, yeah. you might be slightly more energetic on a sativa, but if you have a, like you know a, a, like a late high school level tolerance, yeah, and you smoke some like fucking twenty percent sativa, right? You're gonna get wrecked. Yeah. Okay, you're not gonna then be able to go be productive. Right. That's, that's not you know what I mean. That's the camp I'm in. Right. So I'm not the one that says this. No, I'm I understand. Not, I'm not trying to... But I'm just trying to say, like, yeah. once you have an understanding of how your body reacts to the substance, then you can start to make little comparisons and right. notes that I feel like are much more valid, which is yeah. why, like... It's kind of like when you sophisticating say, your palate with wine or... Yeah, or, or you hear people say, like, oh, I, I can't drink tequila, but I'll drink whiskey, or I can't drink whiskey, but no, I'll drink vodka... I think it's more like a uh, scotch drink. It sounds more like a scotch drinker thing, where it's very subtle. It the first, the first time you drink, The first time you drink a scotch, doesn't yeah. matter how good it is. No, or, it's, it's gross. No matter how expensive it is or how cheap, it, uh, is, that still, is that still pointed up? It's still fine. Oh, okay. It's fine. It's recording. Everything is good. Sure. Don't but, worry about it. Like scotch, 
and anyone who's had scotch, the first time you have it, it's, it's like that tastes like potting soil. Yeah, it's gross. Uh, but the more you have it, then you start to realize the differences in like flavor and taste. Right. Which I think is what you're saying is like you have to experience. But there's also you have to experience the spectrum of it. There's an experiential difference too, like the outcome of, like, you know. There's a reason that certain kinds of weed are recommended for certain things medicinally, and others are not. You know, and like there's a reason that indicas are recommended for insomnia and that and like muscle release muscle sleep yeah because it's relaxing it sedative and it helps you sleep so clearly if you have only smoked weed six times in your life though it doesn't really matter what I give you right you're gonna be fucking ripped if it's even (laughs) decent weed yeah I mean I can remember times in the first year of me like not smoking every day but just smoking at all yeah. Like, even more than, like, once a year, like, when I began. Right. Like, sitting in this in a chair at this dude's house, he loaded a gram of weed into a bowl that was decent weed, but not great. And him and his buddy both took a lighter each, or two, and, like, lit it at the same time. So I smoked this huge one-gram bowl. Yeah. Which now I could do, and it'd still be a giant hit. But that back then it put you Holy down God, it. I remember that experience in third person to this day. Yeah. Like, I couldn't get off the chair. I was laughing uncontrollably. Oh, yeah. Like, that it was, was my first... Laughing uncontrollably was my first weed experience. Right, and so... Who knows what kind of weed it was. Right, and that's yeah. the thing. Especially back in, you know, the very early 2000s when this was. This was like 2001. It was so hard to before have... Before anybody really knew it. Like, before it means... The Kush was like a main... Like, it was just before the names beginning to happen, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there was, you know... Like, there was obviously... Bubba Kush had long been established and all this stuff, but I didn't know that. Right. At this point in time, I was buying weed off a dude. Yeah. For what I thought was way too much money for how much weed I got. And then it took me so long to smoke that weed that I was like, wait, that turned out to be a great buy. <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah. This was back in the days where if you had really, really good weed, you could sell it for 50 bucks an eighth. Which, for for people listening, now what does it go for? Uh, ooh, I don't know. It depends on if you're going, med- like, medical, black market, or retail. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly the point. So, uh, you know, you can find a $40 eighth of weed at the retail shop. It's not necessarily going to be what you want it to be. Right. But it's, you know, three and a half grams or one eighth of an ounce. Yeah. And, uh, you know, back in the day, I always thought people, like, low-level, like, people in the weed game, mm-hmm. like guys that just want to smoke every day. Yeah. There's always a group of like six to 15 of you that are friends or whatever that hang out and see each other. And at any one point in time, one of those dudes will be selling weed. Right. <laughs> but they don't do it continuously the whole time because it's just a big headache. Anyone like, who's ever sold weed will tell you. So it's a hassle. They get, you're talking about the guys that... <clears throat> He's buying like an ounce. They buy from somebody and then the guy says, I have a lot of extra. Do you want to buy more? 
and uh, give it to your friends, like that kind of thing? No, the thing where, like, okay, well, like, you've got all these people hitting you up, asking you to help them find weed. So it's like, you might as well. So help. you're like, okay, well, fuck, if I just get all their money up front, then I can go buy an ounce of weed, give everybody a good deal on their weed, you know what I mean? And you and maybe get twice what everyone else did for the cost. Right, and then maybe you double up your buy. Yeah. So basically you're smoking weed for free. Mm-hmm. Which is the entire goal, mm-hmm. I always thought. No one, never make money selling everyone drugs. I, yeah, everyone I knew that ever sold it just wants to like... Just want to smoke for free. Yeah. <laughs> I think and that, have a little bit extra to like share. Yeah. That was I always mean, the... I just yeah. want a little extra to share. Well, right. If you're going to go through all that risk to sell weed, then you do have to understand, like, okay, I'm taking a huge risk because this is, I think, a Class B felony. Right. Distribution of a controlled substance or narcotics or whatever it was at the time. Yeah. And now it's even worse. I mean... Now it's worse because... Because it's legal. Yeah. It'd be a felony, It's like like bootlegging liquor illegally now. Yeah, basically It's on the same level. Which is so crazy. Yeah. I just, you know, it'd be cool if they gave us homegrown. Right. But, anyway, the larger point I was driving at is that, like, <laughs> you know, try to give the experience a number of tries. You know what I mean? Uh, right. Like, do, if you're going to go buy indica. I mean, buy. Get, get enough of it. Switch it up, To dude. smoke it. Like, get both. Yeah. Get enough to smoke them both separately so right. you know the difference it's kind of like uh, and if you don't have a tolerance already to marijuana to where you can smoke it daily then don't I mean don't wake up and then wake and bake and expect to be productive unless your goal was like write a new jam or paint right. or like make the world's best french toast yeah. I'll say that uh where I'm at now, which is, I smoke more weed. Smoke yeah. More, more weed in the last year than I have. But that's still like once a month. Yeah. But I think there's a lot of people out there that do that. Yeah. Uh, I think that's the best way to do it. And, uh... I mean... I'm Actually, I am around once a month now. It's the best way um, to do it because you know how much you need... It's just very little. And compared, you get... Right. Compared to all my friends that smoke right. on the regular. Exactly. And you um, get high, but there's... Dude, there's so much... The thing is about knowing when you're smoking it, how much to take in. Well, how much to draw into your... How big of a breath to actually take? Yeah. Yeah. And the trick with that is just take a little bit, and then do a little more if you need it. You can always have more. Because when you're smoking, it hits you pretty quick if you don't have a tolerance. You're like, you oh. can feel it, like... You absorb minutes. all the uh, you absorb all the THC out of the smoke in your lungs in under five seconds. Yeah. So that shit people will say about holding it is don't yeah. five seconds maximum. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you can load you can load the carb up for as long as you want, but once you've drawn it in, yeah. exhale it. And the trick is usually you're doing it in like a living room. You like sit on a couch, take a little. If you're like newer, take a little hit, stand up. Walk around a little bit and let your like whole body feel what's going on. Yeah. And then oh. and then go. Okay, maybe if you're not feeling it, totally go back and have another little bit. Boy, that might be the most pro tip mm. ever. To get it's, up. It's like your joke about adding flour to to the mix. It's like sure. Yeah. Don't. 
I should just make that generally about drugs and, and not only about acid because that gets too specific for people. People yeah. really freak out about acid, man. Uh, people cheer when you say acid and then when you start diving into it. Mm-hmm. Uh. Right. They think they want to be counterculture. Mm-hmm. But they don't really want to be counterculture. Everyone wants to be cool, but right. how many people are willing to pay the price? <laughs> you know, how many people are willing to pay the piper his due? Right. You know, and, yeah. and, and eat the drugs. Yeah. And I don't understand the big deal. This is my whole thing that I try to tell people that are just starting to smoke weed is I tell them, like, you know what? You should have an experience where you think, I'm as high as I need to be. And then what you should do is, like, take a giant, giant fat rip. Once you think you're there, fucking peek your head above the clouds, dude. Yeah, go a little further. Yeah. And if you don't like it, then you know. And tell you, if you're with friends, tell them, hey, don't, after this. Oh, sure. Tell them what you're trying to do. You know, they'll help you out. Especially the ones that are around. Yeah, dude, I would never fuck with a person that was, like, trying to expand their, their level. Right. You know, but, like... There are some fun pranks to do with people that are just beginning to smoke weed. Totally. Like uh, putting them in the box. Which is where you pretend to put a box over their head. And at that moment, you mute everything that's making noise and cease to produce noise, but continue to have conversations. Yeah. So you got to put all your phones on mute, make sure they don't have their phone. Mute the TV. Hopefully, it doesn't say mute on the display. <laughs> Even if it does, but you're it doesn't. not putting a box with it. You're just taking away stimulation. Yeah, you're just making it completely silent. Yeah. And you do you <laughs> mime putting a box over their head, right. and then you like can lift it up and like. Like, as you lift it up and put it down over their head. Right. Uh. It's not that they don't know what's going on. It's just that you work yourself up through the mm. power of suggestion mm-hmm. because you're in such a new space. And you're like, holy shit. Okay, now I know it says mute on the TV. Right, I can see mute. I can see that it says mute on the stereo? <laughs> wow. Why are they not talking? <laughs> what is going on? Yeah. And it's just so unfathomable. <laughs> These, you know, these kinds of, like, things that apparently, I'm, I'm apparently a proponent of hazing. Uh, I, I don't think it should be done in a purely malicious spirit. I think there should be, like, an impish or mercurial Uh, nature to it. Yeah, if somebody volunteers to have it done to them. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, dude, for sure. When I was... The last time I was the regardless pranks are funny new member educator at the fraternity. Yeah, I sat all the new pledges down and I said like, "Hey guys, which of you want to go through the old school, super rough fraternity will haze you program, and which of you don't want to deal with that shit at all?" Right. And I separated them into two groups, <laughs> and I. Gave the kids the experience they wanted, if that makes sense. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, some of the kids saw Animal House, and they're like, I want to do that. Right. right. And some of the kids, some of the guys legitimately looked at a fraternity as like, 
This is a place where I go to network with other young men, and later when I get out, I'll be able to connect with them on an international level. <laughs> which they didn't get. That's, which, that I mean, is technically true, but that's what college is. <laughs> yeah. Right? You don't need the yeah. fraternity for that, although, I mean, I guess it makes it cool for me if I want to go to the East Coast, specifically Pennsylvania. Apparently that is... Hot spot, huh? <laughs> that's where we're founded, bro, <laughs> Penn. So... Apparently that would be good for me, but it's just like, you know, who joins a fraternity to not be fucked with a little bit? I didn't want to be physically abused, you know what I mean? And I didn't want to be overly mentally abused. I mean, like, dude, yelling at people is part of... Well, even in... So, I wasn't in a frat... Right. But I was in a college living situation... Oh, yeah. ...with mostly dudes. For sure. Towards the end, we had... A couple of girl roommates in our apart, like our right. bedroom apartment. Sure, but rites of passage. But even though, even though, even the two girls who lived with us, we fu- we all fucked with each other, like pranking. Yeah, which is basically hazing. It's basically hazing. Like if it's someone's a in a hot shower, you go and you take, you go and you take ice ice cold water, you pour it over the. Oh god, the thing. yeah. That's, That's hazing. It's basically the same thing. Ours is just a yeah. little more organized. Right. You know what I mean? There was a little more. But here's the thing I didn't know. I didn't realize until after I'd already gone through it that basically everything that happened to me, if I had seen Animal House, if I had seen Revenge of the Nerds, yeah, if I had seen those movies beforehand... You didn't see the movies before you went into the frat? Uh Uh-uh. That's pretty funny. Yeah, I, I didn't... You know what I mean? Like All I knew was that I moved into the dorms, and on my little corridor... Yeah. Our room was cool to hang out, and one other dude kept his door open and was free to hang out. And at one point, before school really got going, he came and was like, Guys, check it out, I just found the coolest video ever. And you have to keep in mind that high-speed internet was new. Right. And we come in, and it's a shit porn highlight reel set to the song Scat Man. Okay. And I was like, cool, I don't want to live here anymore. You know what I mean? Like, this is not the environment that I think will help me grow. And one fraternity had been after me. And I was like, cool, so you guys still need people to live in your fraternity, right? Yeah. Ayo. <laughs> and, you know, thus began, you know, uh, a a chain of events that would inexorably lead me to working on a commercial marijuana farm. <laughs> right? <laughs> right? Most people wouldn't expect it. But... Right. But that's what happened, I mean. Yeah. That's... My experience throwing parties in college... Go on. It's pretty valuable when it comes to bartending. Mmm! Mmm! You know what I mean? Dude. You see somebody in trouble, like, they look like they've had a little too much to drink. Right. You know what to do. You're not only, like, as a bartender, you're not only... Well... No. By law, you're only obligated to cut him off, get him a cab home. But if you party a lot in college, in your head you're like, I gotta, I gotta not let's, let this guy drink anymore, and let's get let's get him somewhere safe. You know, let's get yeah, this person. Yeah, sure. And the same goes for like, well, and late. <laughs> Josh just spilled the ice. <laughs> I'm gonna use it, which I hope is a euphemism for something. No, but I spilled the crystal methamphetamines. <laughs> but also, like college parties, 
it helps you figure out not only how to take care of your dude friends if you're a guy, but like also your lady girls are constant. Ladies are constantly in trouble in college. Oh my god! You yes. know what I mean? Yes, dude, I totally do. So if you're somewhere with a friend, like a friend who's a lady, and you're at a party, you're like you're on guard for them. Basically. You have to be. If you're not, you're a fucking douchebag. Yeah. First off. And if you're not on guard for, like, ladies in general at a college party, you're a douchebag. Like, if yeah. you see something stupid, some stupid bullshit happening, <clears throat> you should step in. Right. You don't, you don't allow stupid stuff to happen. But. You should have already been doing that. Right. Anyway. That's, that comes with being a gentleman. Such an underrated quality these days. Yeah. I don't think so. No? Think it's coming back? I think it, I don't think it ever left. Ooh. I like it. I like it. I would say that, too. Yeah. I think you got to be kind of careful with chivalry these days. How so? Uh, you know what I mean? Like, you don't want to insult a woman either by insinuating anything. Oh, like that you're a strong... You know what I mean? Sex. Like that she can't get the door. This kind of stuff. Blah, blah, blah. That's doesn't mean, doesn't mean you don't hold the door, right? But like, being in front of a person and then holding the door open for them. Hold it for everybody. I, clearly. Which is chivalry. Uh, so it's just, it's a, it's a genderless concept then. Yeah. Alright, I like that. And I've, yeah. I've tried to have that conversation, but I've, I've really had problems yoking down on the actual specifics yeah. of it. Uh, so I also think I also think the chivalry thing with holding a door open for a lady just stemmed from the guy wanting to look at her butt. Yeah, no, a hundred percent, dude, a hundred percent. Trying to check out her bustle or whatever they called it back then. I mean, who doesn't do that now? I can figure out ninety nine ways to check out your bustle besides opening the door. <laughs> yeah, but it's such a good one. Because yeah. then it, like, puts you in the, in, the, in the chase position. Okay, this is the other thing for me, is Go on. Uh, holding the door open. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We've all seen, like, Go maybe, on. like SWAT team movies or SWAT team videos or, like, military movies where, like, first guy in isn't the one opening the door. You open the door for the guy at some point, right? So right. So, basically, what's really fucked up is if you're holding a door open for someone... You're going to get shot. You're holding them open to be the first one into danger. Right? Which, if you're trying to talk chivalry and, like, being a protective human being to other people, and you hold the door open to someone, you're putting them up for danger. I mean, it depends on, like, what environment you're... I just thought it's a funny thing to, to think about. Like, go ahead, madam. Lead me. Yeah, but, I mean, overall, it's, it's, uh... The breach person is chosen because of their reactions. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So, women have better reactions. Yeah. It's just a known fact. <laughs> they're a lot better... You know, they're a lot smarter in dealing with things. Right, they got a lot more twitch muscle fiber than men. <laughs> is that true? No. <laughs> I don't know. You don't know? No. I mean, it could be, and I'm not... Too, I didn't mean to say it wasn't if it is. You I know? only thought of that premise when I was watching a SWAT team movie. Usually they knock the door in. But they're like, you ready? They like point to the person. You ready? Yeah. 
Not Dude, the... someone has to go point. <laughs> point isn't as bad of a position as it used to be ever since the advent of the flashbang grenade. You know what I'm okay. talking about? I do. Okay, because I've been playing a lot of Counter-Strike recently. <laughs> so I'm like super... I've been watching my roommate play a lot of GTA. Oh. They, they have, have them in GTA? They don't know. No. Uh, they have them in Counter-Strike, dude, and they're super fun and important. Uh, so it's about that time, though, that we get to plugs. Yeah, it's getting close. Because with the with the amount of time that... Yeah, it always we, takes right, so long. So that's that's <laughs> the only reason. Yeah. Not, you know, if we, not, if we could fucking batten down the hatches and really... But that's not our style. I'm not <laughs> saying it should be. I'm we're just saying, gonna, were not, we able to? We're not batting shit down. Okay. What <laughs> uh, you got going on, Josh? You got shows? Yeah, dude. So, there's stuff. Like we were talking about earlier. There's, there's stuff going on. Yeah. It's crazy. Uh, January 27th at the Big Dipper at 8. Yeah. Drinking Debate is back. I'm on Team Bilbo's handbag. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I named it. I like it. Stephen Ty's the captain. Tom Meister at Stamos is with us. Oh, it's you? So it's you, Stephen, and Tom? Right. That's a pretty powerhouse group. Right. This could be pretty. This could be a powerful trio mm -hmm. of men. So, you know, we'll see what's <laughs> going on. Uh, so I got three more pre-sale tickets to that. They're seven dollars a piece if you uh, want one. I'm buying one right now, so that's two. Okay, so I got two more <laughs> pre-sale tickets. Uh, you can thank the Wiener Benders for that. They bought four. There Thanks you go. to the Wiener Benders. Oh, uh, those guys. Yeah. Nice. Some of the best around. Uh, They're our biggest fans. I feel like. Yeah. Not. I don't think I don't know if they listen to this. Nah. But they like going to our shows. I'll link it to them this time. Yeah. Uh, uh, the 29th, that's two days later. If you live in Kennewick and are privy to getting free tickets from the radio station to comedy <laughs> at the Red Lion, I will be there with Harry J. Riley and Morgan Preston doing a half hour or, or maybe less. But a, I, he asked me how long I could go, and I can go a half an hour, yeah. so here we go. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm coming back, Kennewick. This will be my second time. At this spot, and the first time, it was the very first time I'd ever done an away gig ever, or road trip, I mean. Yeah. So I was kind of had that deer in, in headlights look. Right. Which I brought it back to the last night of the tour, quote unquote tour, but nonetheless. And then uh, I'm going to plug it first, and Casey's going to get it second, but on February 3rd yeah. at the observatory, we. As Weed and Whiskey are bringing you monthly shows at the Start. observatory. Yeah. Every first showcases. Wednesday. Yeah, showcases. This isn't just like... This isn't some horse shit. People showing up. No one will be, no one will be too bullshit. drunk to perform. Yeah. If they are, I'll take their spot. <laughs> I might be too drunk to perform, but I'd rather it was me. Right. Because we know what we say when we're drunk. Right. Exactly. <laughs> but no, these are legitimate, like... These are people that are doing, have done enough comedy, they've got... And, and I want to use it to give people showcases that are coming up. Yeah. You know, people with inside their first couple of years that are doing the grind. Yeah. Put in the time. Because there's no reason this shouldn't be a place for people to grow. Right. And then on top of that, you know, uh, we've talked to the observatory and they're 
willing to help us bring people from abroad, which only helps to grow the team because totally. you need to know what's going on in other parts of the world, guys. Yeah. It's cool to have this thought that, like, oh, I don't need to watch other comics, but that's not necessarily true. Right. Nothing's better for you to grow than watching someone who's better than you. Right. Uh, so, that having been said tonight, I'm going to go home and watch the new Tom Segura special on Netflix. Because oh, yeah. I haven't yet. But that's what I got going on. <laughs> Casey? Uh, my, the next thing I have going is uh, January 30th at the Big Dipper. I'm emceeing. Once again, this is the <laughs> CD release concert for the Spokane area. Right. For Son of Brad. That's Daniel Mills band. Uh, they did a they did a great job at the Croc Center in Coeur d'Alene. Shit, yeah, dude. So I'm doing the same gig. A couple different bands this time, like opening, but it'll be a good time. And it's same thing. It's gonna be for an all ages crowd, so it's like family friendly. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, it's cool. It's it was fun last time for me to. To not Dude. drop the F bomb. <laughs> <laughs> Always a challenge. No, and it feels like I'm on TV when I'm doing that. So yeah, it's good. well, I mean, yeah. you gotta it's be prepared. Practice. Yeah, because you'll uh, be there soon. Yeah, someday. Soon. Someday sooner. Sooner than, than later. Before. <laughs> sooner than before I started doing this. Uh, and I'll also be at the observatory. Yeah. February fourth, third, third. Sorry, who do you remember? What night you, of the week is that? That's a Wednesday. It's a Wednesday night. So we're thinking about doing the first Wednesday of the month. Well, I mean, it's look, a good plan, man. I mean, here's the thing. I, I, does that put us though in competition with Jared's thing on the first Thursday of the month? I don't think so. Okay, because this is five bucks downtown, and I think it's uh, totally different. Crowd. Yeah, I'm uh, just. I just don't want to. There's enough room here right the, now. I think the casino has their own marketing. Right. I agree, uh, but I just there's enough room in town that I don't want to step on toes. Right. So I'd rather have this conversation on air. I started to think about that too. That uh, now that we're mm-hmm. we're booking more shows. There's more things happening in town. We all have to be. Well, more Wednesdays are supposed them. to be the open mic for SCC. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's the word on the street is that the open mics will be Wednesdays, and so that's why I. You thought, mean TCC? No, I mean SCC. I mean the Spokane Comedy oh, yeah, Club. Yeah. But I think that once a week or once a month, rather, to have a competing draw, is not gonna, hopefully, be too big of a shit fit you know because I can do it any day right I just don't want to shit on the checkerboard on Tuesdays and it doesn't have to be the same it doesn't have to be the first Wednesday no it, it could be, be the first week right or but no I would like to have a set day right and <laughs> Wednesday does fall into the W category right <laughs> so Ween Whiskey Wednesday right I mean it's just we keep things alliterative mm-hmm. and simple this is our this is our brand. Yeah. Simple alliteration. <laughs> it's a brand. Keep people. Per I I can't. Yeah, do I don't. 
dude, I gotta. I talk. also just want to put it out there. Please. To, next week, I'll have an announcement about the Bartlett. Oh yeah. Probably for two shows. Ayo. But Ayo man. Just want to say the Bartlett's been great about like getting comedy into the scene. Yeah, Spokane last, in general. Starting last year. Spokane they in general. They really opened up to it, which, I, they, which, I, which was hard for them because they didn't know it. Right. Uh, I wasn't they trying really, to... They really warmed up to it, which was fucking cool. Yeah. I was not trying to detract from them. Right. But I would say that in general, the city has been warming to the concept. The whole city, yeah. You know, like, people that people have more venues, yeah. I think are aware of the fact that Somewhere in the last five years, the city built itself a comedy scene. Yeah. And, I, and now, pe- I think that new ha- owners have figured that out. Right. I think that has everything to do with the comics in Spokane. I'm not saying that it's better here than anywhere else. I'm just saying that this is finally a good place yeah. to be here doing this. Right. I feel like there's as much opportunity here as there is anywhere. Well, and we've talked about that with people from other cities, which... Uh, It's not better or worse than anywhere else. Right. But I feel like, as a comic, it's easier to live here. Oh, yeah. And do a lot of time on stage. The cost of living is low. Um, (coughs) And now, (coughs) now the amount of shows that are available to us is catching up with... Right, with what's going on. That it's... Like we're ca- like comedy I scenes, feel like the only I feel thing like the comedy scene is catching up to the art and music scene. The only thing we need to be careful of is not overextending ourselves. Right. Like, I'm not saying there can't be a showcase every day of the week, but once a month. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think there's enough, but like, we don't want to spread ourselves too thin. Right. I'm not. Yeah. And so I think that's what's great about things like drink and debate. Is that something different? Right. Here's a different, a different, a different way. Outlet. Right. A different outlet for these people to express their comedic creativity. Right. It's not just their sets. It's like an improv, but like you know. Yeah. But not. I mean, it, it's improv in like the the classic debate sense of the word. Like if you were at a debate tournament. In an improv sense, like in an improv event, they give you. A topic, they give you a minute to prepare, and then you give a five-paragraph speech, basically. Right. And that's... It's super close to what's going on. And that's a great way to just... To get better at to comedy. Be, and to be aware of what's going on in the world. Yeah. I think, yeah. like, though, as a comic, when you're on stage, and you are in an uncomfortable situation or unfamiliar waters, and you have an interaction... With an audience member. Yeah. That can sometimes throw you off, but having these shows that are improv-driven, I think, helps cultivate... You're building a skill. Like, a lightness on your feet, so to speak. Right. So that way, when you have a person who comes off, you're able to, you know, like... You're able to have a reaction that isn't just hostile. That isn't just, you're fucking up my set. <laughs> Fuck you! Like, it's like, you hey, bro... You part of your Right. Set. You don't have to shit all over them because they're drunk. If they want to keep being an asshole, then, you know, that's your prerogative. Right. But, like, you can cut everybody a break once. It's really hard at first. I mean, shit, dude, I had a video up on YouTube for a long time of me getting in a yelling match with this dude <laughs> and him getting kicked out. Yeah. From the Viking, of all places. <laughs> I got a dude kicked out of the Viking. Yeah. 
And it was, I wasn't good, but he booed me. Yeah. Like, at a show where you paid zero dollars <laughs> to see something. And, like, that's just being a dick. If you don't like it, just go smoke a cigarette. I'll be done in three minutes. Hey, yeah. ladies. Uh, all right, I think that's all there is. You got anything else you want to talk about? Uh, my other thing is keep... Oh, social meets. Do your social meets. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and then we'll get out of here. Just be my friend on Facebook. Ba-bow! Casey Strain. It's my name and me. And on Twitter, uh, I'm Casey underscore Strain. Love it. That's me. Uh, you can find me, Josh T. Ford, on Twitter, Instagram, uh, Steam, World of Warcraft. Wait, Steam? Is Steam a is a, it's a whole other game delivery okay. platform. Okay. You don't need to know. That's all we need yeah, to know. You don't need to know. <laughs> I'm playing a lot of CSGO. It's Counter-Strike Global Offensive. It's really good. That's all I know about the flashbacks. Cool. It's real cool, bro. Far out. Super duper. Uh, so, Twitter, Instagram, Vine, Periscope, Kick. You know about Kick? The, uh, the phone messenger thing? K-I-K? I don't know if that's what it's called, but that's what I'm calling it. All right. And basically anything there is social media. Shim Shammy. S-H-I-M-S-H-A-M-M-I-E. Shim Shammy. <laughs> People love it. Yeah. It gets great response. People are always like, oh, that dude has a bad name ever. His name is Shimmy Shammy. And then someone's like, actually, his name is Shim Shammy? <laughs> <laughs>